Thank you, worship leaders. I have a, yeah. Does anybody, can anybody sense a, a strong sense of the Lord's presence this morning? Can you feel it? Can you feel the heaviness? If you do, can you raise your hand just so I see? Yeah. There, there's, a, there's, there's a real weighty here. There's something, there's something going on. One of my struggles uh, as, a, as someone has to speak is, is that I'm always concerned I'm going to misspeak the scriptures. And so I have a lot of uh, internal wrestling that makes sure I'm rightly understanding the scriptures. So right now in the theological world, there's a, a lot of conversation about the Trinity. So I've been reading books that are far more challenging than my smarts can handle. And so I've been sitting in these very, very weighty texts trying to understand who the Trinity is. And then I've had these epiphanies and I almost started, I'm trying not to cry. I had nine meetings this last week with people among us who are going through deep, deep waters, deep waters. And as I'm trying in my head to understand the depths of the Trinity, nine times, the circle of love broke into people's hearts in my office. He just came. And all of a sudden, something shifted in people. Because a circle of love cannot be stopped. It is so beautiful. And that's my prayer this morning, that, that we can get a glimpse, all of us can get a glimpse of another step into this circle of love. The sentence that I've been wrestling with as I've been thinking about this all week is this. As they are the Trinity, we aspire to be. As they are, we aspire to be. So my two words to describe it this week are joyful intimacy. Let me try to give you a definition. David, can I have the definition of joyful intimacy? There's two words, I took it from Webster, just pretty simple. So the, the Trinity, as they are, we aspire to be. They are joyful. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just want to commend the worship leaders for the music. Mike, well done. That's why there's such a sense of the Lord's presence this morning. Because we, have, we are together in the circle of acknowledging Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's, there's something happens when we are mindful of who this God is. So this Trinity is a joyful intimate three they feel express or cause pleasure or happiness our god is a god of joy and in that there is a familiarity and a friendship so as they are we aspire to be that's who we want to be but let me walk this out just a little bit with you before i get to scripture so I've been in a small group on Wednesdays with uh, Dr. Mike Walsh and his wife Holly, and they're taking us through the Sermon on the Mount. And Dr. Walsh wrote a couple things that have been so significant to me. Let me just walk you through this now. I'm walking them. This is as they are, we aspire to be. So today, joyful intimacy. Listen to what Dr. Walsh says. I use in the first person. Would you apply it to yourself? 
If I cannot see God as good, I cannot accept that he loves me. Let me say it again. If I cannot see God as good, I cannot believe he loves me. So works righteousness and sin management all emerges out of a people who don't feel they're lovable and they've got to earn God's favor. They've got to get things right. They've got to get God's approval. But I want to remind you, let me give you the best word picture I've had all week. There was a mom and dad and they come home at the end of the day and their custom is to just grab each other and give each other a big hug. And the three-year-old boy saw mommy and daddy hugging and he runs out and says, I want to be in your love too. The Trinity is saying to us, we want you to be in our love too. And if you believe God is good, now watch what happens. If you believe God is good, then you believe he loves you. And when I believe that God loves me and sees me as a beloved child, let me go back just, I want to go back and forth last week a little bit. So remember last week I used Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. David, can I have this slide of the three circles? Remind you what last week. The Father has purposes. Chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 12. What are the Father's purposes? The Father's purpose in verse 3 is to what? It is to give us all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. What's, what's his purpose in verse 12? To unite all things under Christ. What's the Son's role? In verses one, chapter 1, 4 through 10, what is, the Son loves. How does he love? He chooses us. He adopts us. Remember last week, verse 3? He Listen, everybody. He You've been adopted before the creation of the world. Hello? Before the creation of the world, the Father's purposes expressed through the Son's love is I'm picking you and you and you and you and you and millions and billions. And the son chooses and adopts and redeems. And what's the spirit do? The spirit says, guaranteed. It's a banking term. It's all paid for. It's all going to happen. Now, listen now. Here's my sentence. If you believe God is good, then you start to move to believe he can love you. He can love me. They push. A lot of us don't believe God actually loves us. Can I push? A lot of us believe we have to make the old man happy. We got to get on his side. I spoke with someone this week who is getting closer to death. And the person said, I've been going to church for 80 years. And this is what he said, and I almost broke into tears. He said, I don't know if I've done enough to get in. None of us can do enough to get in. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are saved. So if you believe God is good, you can believe he loves you. Watch me now. When I come to the place that God loves me as a beloved child, I can begin to receive God's love, allow it to penetrate. One of my experiences this weekend was a young man who's just an incredibly gracious, good young man. 
under age 30. This young man has so many things that are good and right, but his understanding of self is so negative, he thinks he's a piece of junk. And I said to him, do you believe God is good and loves you? And he was resistant. We just began to just process. And so I said, can I just pray over you? We began to pray. And then he began to cry. And he said to me, do you actually believe that God sees me like you're describing? I said, absolutely. You are a beloved child. I'm going to show you that in just a moment. So, I'm going to go up. I'm sorry. Third, third thing he wrote, Dr. Walsh writes, as this happens, I know I'm loved. I believe I'm loved. I believe God is good. I begin to be different with other people. And then what begins to happen, because I am able to receive this love, I am them, you are, we are enabled to share the love. But it starts with believing that God is good. So let's go now, let's go to the passage just a little bit. I'm gonna take you through a couple passages in Mark and then a few verses in John. Then next week, please bring your Bible back, your own Bible, because I wanna go through chapters, uh, chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. So can I invite you, um, Dave, can I have, um, like, uh, let's see, where am I at? Uh, Mark chapter one. I want you to see the love between Father, Son, and Spirit. So this is chapter one. And I want you to notice again that Jesus has done nothing. There's no public ministry of any kind. This is one of two incidents in Mark that speak of this love of Father, Son, and Spirit. Mark chapter one. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. Now let me stop right there. So, Kyle and Juliet are in a house church led by a Messianic Jewish pastor. And he said, which I never thought about, if a Jewish Christian saw verse 9 and 10, you know what he would think? Genesis 1. The heavens were opened. The heaven descends on creation. And the dove begins to move. A Messianic Jewish Christian would say, oh my, you have a story of the circle of love making a new creation. He saw heaven being torn open, ripped apart, descending him on him like a dove. And then a voice said from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now this is what's so interesting to me. And I remember, I remember about 40 years ago, I was sitting in a class with Dr. Harry Went. And Dr. Wendt said, this, 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 this idea is so critical because it describes who Jesus is from the circle of love. What are we talking about? The phrase, uh, not for now, this is my son whom I love, with whom well pleased. This comes from two passages of scripture, real quick. Psalm 2, verse 7. Anytime a king was inaugurated in Israel, they would read Psalm 2. And part of Psalm 2 was, the ascension to a throne. And then Isaiah 42 is the suffering servant song. And so from the voice from heaven, from the circle of love, says to Jesus, you are loved as a servant king. I want you to notice, Jesus has done nothing yet. He is described as beloved. Now, 
Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Similar story happens. Mark chapter 9, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up in the high mountains where they were all alone. Then Jesus was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before him Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared over them. Oh, whenever you see a cloud, what should you think in the Old Testament? You see a cloud, who's coming? Who's coming? A cloud covered them and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love, same as verse one. And now he says, listen to him. Suddenly we looked around, they saw, no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Now, can I have the picture of Rublev, Dave? I said this to you last week. Some of the things some of the artists, interpreters think in this picture, which can be interpreted so many ways, is the moment when Jesus, the middle one is Jesus, two fingers pointed down. This is a hypothetical. So Father, Son, and Spirit are talking together. What if, this is a hypothetical, what if in this moment, the Father, Son, and Spirit say, we love these people on this little planet who are not yet born. Someday, someone has to go and choose, adopt, and save them. Look at Jesus' two fingers. Those who study this say they think there is a lamb in the chalice. Remember Pastor Katie on, on Monday, Thursday? Whenever the chalice is lifted in the Old Testament, it's a cup of wrath. The lamb is in the cup of wrath. Jesus points to it and says, I'll go. In this incredible circle, there is a de development of relationship that is mind-boggling. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So now, two passages. You have Father, Son, and Spirit all dancing together. Now, I want to go to the book of John. So John chapter 15. A couple, just a few verses. And I want you just to see the connectivity of Father, Son, and Spirit. This, and this just blows my mind. I, ho I hope I can communicate this effectively. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Let's look at these words. Now look at this first sentence. Verse, verse 9. Jesus says, I have loved you. Now, would you read the rest with me out loud? Even? Now, look at it again. Jesus says to his disciples, I have loved you even as, mean what? As much as. Similar to, like the Father has loved me. Did you, did, did you see that? God Almighty loves his Son, and God Almighty loves you. And that's why the question is, is your God good? Because if he's good, you, start, you and I start to move to, okay, okay, okay. Well, then, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So what are the commandments? What did Jesus say? They're all down to two. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbors yourself. That's it. If you do those things, if I do those things, he says, you remain, we remain in his love. Let me talk about neighbor real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to really narrow, narrow neighbor for the next several weeks. And this comes from Dallas Willard's writings and Dr. Mike Walsh is, is really is writing about in his new, latest book. But I want you to think about this. So when I, when, I would, when I was younger, when I thought about neighbors, I think the Good Samaritan story, right? And I just talked about it some weeks ago. So I'm walking down the road and someone's got a problem and I want to respond. Absolutely, we want to be that way. We want to respond as the Holy Spirit leads us, right? That's what we want to do. But what I want you to change your understanding of neighbor to this. What if our neighbor is really a small group of people? So I'm gonna love my neighbor as myself. Love the Lord your God, that's my commandment. And then he says, love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Watch this. Your neighbor first starts with the people with whom you live. Let me push. If you don't love the people in your home, 1 John says, if I say I love you and don't do it, I'm a liar and the truth is not in me. So loving your neighbor starts in our homes. And then concentrically circles, it goes to a few people with whom we have strong levels of interactivity, and maybe a few others. And you say, wait a second, wait a second. Well, I'm supposed to love the whole world? Yes, but let me push. What if every single Christian person loved their own neighbors, who we live with, who we work with, who we go to school with, a few people. What if we all did that? What if 40, 40 American, million American Christians, 40% of America says they're Christian? What if 40% of us love the people we live with? We love the people we work or go to school with. Remember what the word love is? The word love is to will the good of another. What if we all did that? The liturgy that Mike read so beautifully and led us in, it would not nearly be as needed because there would be 40% of America loving their neighbors. You follow me on this one, okay? Okay, let's go, let's get John 17 now. Jump again, I'm losing you. Here we go, a little more energy. He says, I'm praying, this is 17, 17, 20 through 26, here we go. I am praying not only for these disciples, but for all who ever believe in me through their message. I pray, no, no, wait, 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 I don't like verse 21. Click 21. I pray that they all will be one just as you and I are one. And as you are in me, Father and Son, I am in you. And may they be in us so that, here's the purpose, the world will believe you sent me. Does that just blow your mind? What I've just said in the last seven, 10 minutes, if we believe God is good, God says, you are my beloved. Last week Sunday after one of the services, someone came up to see me who was adopted. And this person said to me, do you understand what adoption means? I said, no, I don't. And the person went on to share to be taken from the outside, to be chosen, to be adopted, to be loved. It was just incredible. 
And the person was weeping, saying, do you understand? Hear this, hear this. This is why when we die, you never leave the circle of love. That's why Jesus said in John 11, those who believe in me will never die. We go from this life to life. We're always in the circle of love. Mike read it from Romans 8 as we took a break between songs before we sang Trinity. What? Nothing can ever separate the love of Christ. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying this morning? This is the most incredibly good news I've ever heard. You cannot leave, lose, fall out of the circle of love once you've been chosen, adopted, called beloved. You're in forever, 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 ever. And then we have the privilege of living it out. And the world will know we're disciples by our living in the circle of love. How many fights are we going to have over doctrine? How, can you, Jesus prays his prayer in John 17. We're up to 42,000 Protestant denominations. I'm sure God in heaven's going, that's a great idea. Let's go to 50,000. Let's go to 60,000. If we lived in the circle of love, well, what happened? Now, don't, again, you got to follow me here. It, this is not about feelings and emotions. This is about being so connected, knowing, uh, knowing we are loved, deeply loved by God. The person in my office who's been in church for many years, who had a moment, in a moment in my office, the circle of love broke in, and a heart got changed, and a mind got touched. And I watched now a response because all of a sudden the person believed, I am loved by God. Doesn't that just, isn't that, just, isn't that good news? That's the good news. Oh, I just want to say praise the Lord. Can you say that with me? Absolutely. Well, let's go on. What else have we got in this passage? Look, look what else is here. He says, I have given, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Now look at the next verse 23. Jesus says, I and them and you and me. Father, Son, Spirit, and us. You are in the circle of love. Isn't that just crazy? And so, but, but here, so, so let, let's, let, let me go down. Let me go down the skeptic road. Well, last night I just did this. I did yesterday. I did this. And I did this. And all these bad things. But you, so let me get theological with you. Let's talk about justification, the big word. If we have been justified, simply put, it is just as though we've never sinned. So, Father, Son, and Spirit, look at us and say, they belong to us. These are our kids. These are our kids. We love our kids. And we want our kids to love each other. And out of that place, this circle, this embrace, this perichoresis, of, it's incredible. Let's go on a little farther, a little farther. Watch this. Is that one more verse? Oh, here we go, 24 and 25. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Where's that? That's in the circle of love. Then they can see all the glory you gave me 
because you love me even before the world begins. I gave you two pictures of transfiguration, Mark 1 to Mark 9. That's what he's leading to. They can see all the glory. When we see Jesus the next time, he will be so brilliantly white. In, in this in descriptors, white meaning overwhelmingly unbelievable light. Not white skin color, white light. And we are all going to be in awe of the lightness and the beauty and the wonder of Jesus. He said, I reveal them to you to them and I will continue to do so. Then, so I've revealed you to them so in my office multiple times this week. People had the circle of love revealed. They experienced it. Not just it, they experienced it. I will continue to do so. Then your love will be in them and I will be in them. Whew. Ain't that good news? Can I have a question, please, David? I wonder if we could just take a couple minutes for some conversation. No, the, the uh, I'm sorry, slides number, uh, oh, yeah, not that one either, okay. How about number seven? Try seven. Try seven. David, doing a fantastic job out there. Here we go. Could, could you just take, like, it's, it's 10 or 9, two minutes. If you're comfortable with someone by you, if we want to be like, aspire to be like our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and there's this incredible joyful intimacy, which is pleasure, kindness, caring, and friendship. What could it look like for you today? So could we take just two minutes? If you don't want to do it, don't have to. If you'd like to do it, introvert, extrovert, here's your chance to shine. What could joyful intimacy look like for us today? Worship leaders, come on up, and then we're going to respond. Fantastic. Thank you for having these conversations. We're going to continue on. So the sentence for this week for me was, as the Trinity, as, as, they, as they are, we aspire to be. So my invitation for us was that would we be people who seek to be joyfully connected to at least one other person? 
starting with the Lord. So at the end of the service, every week, there'll be people coming right here. If you need someone to pray for you right after the service, there'll be someone right here. Or if you wish, go into the chapel, and there'll be people ready and waiting to pray with you and for you. But how about this for today? If you long to, to receive some level of assurance that you are loved by God. Because we, that, that's the key to the whole deal. If we believe God is good, we can believe that he loves us. So following the service, we're gonna sing a little bit to the creed. If you'd like someone be here to pray with you and for you, there'll be people over here as well. Let me offer a prayer as we enter in these last moments and then let's respond in song and as you, the Lord leads you. Lord, we thank you that you are so invitational. You've prepared the way. You make the way. You are the way. So I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here this morning who is sensing a nudge, feeling a tug, to take one more step with you, we pray, oh Lord, that she or he or we would take one more step. And I pray that you would release in the hearts of everyone here and all who watch on the line, supernaturally would you release the power of love. For those whose minds condemn, self-condemn, and shame, we pray that you'd release a mighty wind of freedom and you'd rewrite, rewrite and rewire neural pathways, even miraculously. If there's anyone who feels what they have done in the past disqualifies them, oh, circle of love, overwhelm them with the assurance that love covers over a multitude of sins. So Lord, we pray with quiet boldness that you would release the power of your love. And we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise. We acknowledge you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen.